Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Virtual Church. It's so good to be back with you. Um, Even though we're at a distance, even though that we're far apart, uh, it's so good to be able to stay connected uh, as a church and as a church family. I've been, I've been hearing so many things, uh, messages that people have been sending me, uh, saying that they're excited and that they're enjoying our virtual church that we've been doing. Uh, we've got a great team of people that you can't see right now that are behind the camera that are working really hard to make this an awesome experience for you. So uh, we're just very thankful for that and really looking forward to what God's going to continue to do for these weeks that we're stuck at home. Uh, We're making the most of it, and I hope that you guys are making the most of it as well. I want to let you know that we're praying for you, uh, that our church is continually engaged in praying for the needs of our community and praying for the needs of our church specifically. So if you have a need that that you would like for us to pray uh, over, uh, there's a form just below this video, if you scroll down a little ways on the website, that you can fill out that form, and we'll, uh, of course, keep those prayer requests anonymous. We're not sharing those with anybody. But our prayer team is, is uh, diligent to pray for you and for your needs. And we want you to know that um, if this message is a blessing to you, w- would you share it with somebody? Would you, uh, you know, push the share button on social or email the link to somebody that might need it? Uh, we believe that as the word comes into our hearts, it begins to change us from the inside out. And so it's, it's our delight to be with you again today. Uh, we're, we're finishing today our three-part series that we started um, just a few weeks ago, and the title of that series is Quarantined, How to Thrive Behind Closed Doors. And I hope that you've been able to catch the first two episodes. If you haven't, you can catch them on, uh, you can catch the audio on our podcast um, on either Spotify or on Apple Music, iTunes. But uh, we're going conti- to uh, conclude that series today, Quarantined, How to Thrive Behind Closed Doors. And um, I, I, we, we, we kind of have tried to emphasize this idea of thriving in uncomfortable situations. And we looked at several different biblical stories that show us uh, d- different characters from the Bible that are in tight situations, that are in tough spots. The first one was Elijah. We looked at Elijah and we learned from him that when he was trapped, when he was quarantined in the cave running from Jezebel, that the thing that he needed to do in order to thrive was to learn to hear the voice of God in the midst of chaos. I believe the point is for you and for I is the same, that we need to learn how to discern and hear the voice of the Lord when we're in chaotic situations, which we're all in a chaotic situation right now. The second thing that we learned last week from our our good friend Jonah, I know my kids enjoyed hearing about Jonah, Um, we learned from Jonah that we need to learn to trust God alone. We need to trust God alone and obey his leadings. Uh, Jonah's big takeaway from being inside the fish was that he needed to abandon his way of thinking and embrace God as his source. God and God alone is your source and my source during this chaotic time. Now today, we're going to learn from Paul and Silas in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul and his ministry partner Silas, uh, they, were, they learned the, the value of praising God in the midst of 
of trouble. So what I want you to do is grab your Bible and let's turn to Acts chapter 16. As you're turning, we're going to make our confession of faith that we like to make. And we're going to do this just as strongly as we would if we were all sitting in church together this morning. So you can see it up on your screen. Let's read it out loud together uh, with faith today. Let's say, thank you, Father, that today... The eyes of my heart see you, the ears of my heart hear you, my heart and mind perceive and understand your word and your will. Today I am growing in the things of God. We believe that, we confess it over ourselves every time we come together to hear from the word. And I believe you're growing in the things of God today. Even in your living room with your pajama pants on, you're still growing in the things of God. Amen. So let's turn to Acts chapter 16. And let's look at Paul and Silas. This is a really cool passage of Scripture. And as Gracie mentioned during our prayer time a little bit ago, um, Paul was in the uh, city of Philippi, and he and his uh, ministry partner Silas are traveling together. They're ministering throughout the nation of Greece, establishing churches, and they're preaching the gospel to the world that is under the rule of the Roman Empire. They're in the city of Philippi, and they meet a girl who's demon-possessed. She's possessed with devils. And uh, Paul, after several days of this girl being around her, uh, uh, being around them, excuse me, uh, Paul gets kind of irritated, and he casts the devil out of her, and he sets her free in the name of Jesus. Now, there are men in, the, in that city, in Philippi, who were profiting off of this girl being possessed by the devil, that they had, that, you know, they had b- business entities that were profiting from this girl being possessed possessed by the enemy. And so Paul, after he frees her, after he casts the devil out of her, these guys get kind of ticked off and they stir up trouble for Paul and Silas. And what happens is they take them before the magistrates of the city of Philippi. And uh, the, the Bible goes on to say in Acts chapter 16 how Paul and Silas were stripped naked and they were beaten with rods. And, uh, you know, a, a, as tough as it can be for us to be with our children for an entire week in quarantine, uh, as tough as it can be to homeschool our kids right now and be missing out on activities and kind of feel cooped up. At least nobody's beaten us with rods. We're, we still have something to, to rejoice about. We still have something to be happy about that we're not getting abused. Um, so praise God for that. But these guys stir up a lot of trouble for Paul and Silas, and ultimately they throw them in jail. They throw them in prison. So this is where our story picks up in Acts chapter 16, verse 22. You can see it on your screen. And I'm just going to read down through the end of this passage, which goes through to verse 34. Acts chapter 16, verse 22, and it says, Then the multitude rose up together against them, that is, against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. So here they are, guys, bruised, banged up broken, and they're in a jail cell. They are not having a good day. This is, this is what it really means to be suffering for Jesus. They were suffering for the Lord. Verse 24 says, Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So that would be like somebody going into total solitary confinement. If you were to compare it to our prison system in America today, you've got areas of the prison where there's lots of prisoners together, and then you've got areas that are called solitary, where people go and they're literally by themselves quarantined. That's kind of what was happening to Paul and Silas in this situation. 
Verse 25, this is where the story begins to shift, and this is where we're going to take our lesson from today. It says, but at midnight, touch your neighbor on the couch, touch your, touch your little kid, touch your husband or your wife, and tell them, at midnight, at midnight, when things got really bad, what happened? Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called to him with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out to be, to, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and your household will be saved. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them in the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and his family were baptized. Now when they had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced. This is the Philippian jailer. He rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his household. Man, what, a, what an amazing passage of Scripture. What a lesson that you and I can learn, that even when we're in a challenging situation, we can still thank and give praise to God. After all, this is Palm Sunday. This is the day, as Sean said, of shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. This is the day that we make a big deal about Jesus. And you know what? I know that it's uncomfortable for you. It's uncomfortable for me. We're in a challenging situation right now. And we're, it, we may be in this situation for a little while. But you know what? We don't have to wait to, to make a big deal of Jesus. We don't, have to, we don't have to push that off for another day and say, you know what, I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like praising God today. No, one of the things we're going to notice about Paul and Silas here is that they didn't wait for the, for the situation to get better. They praised God right where they were. Now, there's a few things I want to point out to you about this passage. Number one, this situation was just as real to Paul and Silas, as your situation is to you, as my situation is to me. Oftentimes, what we tend to do when we read scriptures, or at least I do this, and, and I'm assuming most people do, we isolate passages and stories that we read in the Bible, and without necessarily trying to, we tend to put them in the same category as Cinderella and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Or if it's my children, Frozen 1 and Frozen 2, Elsa and Anna. Um, but, you know, sometimes we take Bible stories and we compartmentalize them the same way that we compartmentalize fairy tales. But the reality is, this was a real story. This really happened to two real people named Paul and Silas. And so one of the things we need to remember is that while these events happened, they forced Paul and Silas to have to deal with the same challenges that you and I have to deal with. Don't you think Paul was probably dealing with fear? Don't you think he was probably frustrated that here he was doing the will of God in the city of Philippi, you know, pastoring people, planting churches, preaching the gospel? He's on a missionary journey. Don't you think it frustrated him? Don't you think he felt a little bit defeated? Maybe he felt a little bit alone when he was in that, that jail cell. 
Of course he did, because this was a real event. And I want you to think about this and remember that this situation was as real to them as coronavirus and COVID-19 is real to us, okay? So uh, the fact that they could praise their way into joy proves to us that we can do the same because it was real to them just as it's real to us. Number two, Paul and Silas prayed and praised at midnight. They sang and prayed when the situation was at its worst. Come on, man. You and I don't have to wait till the situation gets better. We can actually turn the situation around. We can actually decide to make it better by praising, by praying, by lifting up our voice to God. I find it really interesting that the Bible notes specifically that it was midnight. You know, the Bible <clears throat> says there's, there's so many different things that the Scripture says. One of them is this, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Nighttime is often, not only is it physically the darkest time of the day for us, but nighttime is often a, a, a time where people get uh, frustrated, they get concerned. I, I don't know about you, but the, there's been a handful of times during this corona crisis, coronavirus crisis rather, where I, um, I've actually gotten afraid a handful of times. I've had to deal about three or four times that the spirit of fear has come and really tried to take hold of me. And you want to know every single time that happened, it was in the middle of the night. I woke up in the middle of the night you know, just get up and go to the bathroom and get lay back down in bed and go, oh my gosh, what's going on in our world? Is this thing going to get me? Is it going to get my family? Is it going to take over? Is it going to ruin my life? Every single time the enemy has tried to come to me with fear about this specific virus and this pandemic, it's been at night. Isn't that interesting? You know, I was talking to my mom about that, actually, and uh, we, were, we were comparing notes, as it were, and she said to me, she said, you know, the Bible teaches us, Peter writes about how the, the enemy, the devil, Satan, roams about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The enemy comes to us just like he did with Paul and Silas, with fear, with worry, with disruption, with loneliness, with defeat, with all these kinds of thoughts. He comes to us and he presents those things to us in our darkest moments. It was midnight when they were in that jail cell singing praise to God. I was talking to my mom about that, and she said, yeah, the, the devil goes like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. She said, I did a study one time and found out lions hunt at night. I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. Lions hunt at night. When it's the darkest in your world, when it's the darkest in my world, it's that time that we need to crank up the praise in our life. It's those moments when it, when it gets so bleak and we can't see our way out of the situation that we're in, that's the moment to begin to on purpose praise and thank God for who he is. That's when you can start to lift your voice and say, I don't care what the situation looks like. God has never failed me. Amen. Don't you feel the anointing this morning? Praise God I do. So number one, the situation was just as real to those guys as, as our situation is to us. Number two, they prayed and they praised at midnight. They didn't wait for the situation to get better. They actually changed the situation by their praise. Number three, I thought this was interesting. Everybody heard them praising God. Isn't that wild? You can look at it right here in verse 25. It says, but at midnight... 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Isn't that amazing? The world was listening to these two men who were representing the church of Jesus Christ in that jail cell. They were surrounded by a bunch of people who weren't saved. They were surrounded by a bunch of prisoners that were in that same situation, and everybody could hear them praising God. Why is that important, guys? Why is that important? It's important because the world needs to see and hear a church that is not moved by the issues that are going on around us. Come on, touch your neighbor and say amen. He's talking to you, praise God. That's a good word. Listen, the world needs to see and hear from a church that's not shaken by the events that are going on. Listen, I know what the news is saying. I know what's coming from the task force that's giving us new information every day. We're reading all the same statistics you are. I know that everybody says the next two weeks are going to be the worst yet. But I'm here to tell you they don't have to be the worst at your house. Because you can, like Paul and Silas, lift up your voice when the moment is at its darkest and you can speak praise into the darkness of the midnight of your home. It doesn't have to be the worst two weeks in your world. Amen. Because we serve a living, awesome, mighty God and he will protect us. The world doesn't need to see a church that is retreating, that is complaining, that is frustrated or filled with fear. They need to see and hear from a church that's willing to praise when things are ugly. The world, your neighbors, your family members, your cousins, your uncles and aunts, your parents, your coworkers, those people that, that you're getting on Zoom calls with in the afternoon, so those who are working from home and they're still interacting with their coworkers and stuff, listen, those coworkers, if they're not saved, they don't need to see you filled with fear. You need to be the one that looks into the camera and says, praise God, everything's fine at our house because we know how to praise God, because we've learned the secret of magnifying God when it gets dark. Amen. Number four, <clears throat> Everybody, this is so cool. We said, we said number three, right? That everybody that was in the jail cell heard them praising. Check out number four. Everybody who heard them praising God got to get in on the miracle. This is so cool. Not only did Paul and Silas do the right thing by lifting up their voice in that Philippian jail and everybody heard what they were saying, everybody heard them singing praises to the Lord. Not only that, not only did they hear them, they actually got to take it part in the miracle. God did a miracle and they all got to take part in the miracle. And let me tell you something. I know it maybe doesn't feel like it, but I'm, I'm here to tell you God is doing miracles right now in the situation that we are in. Maybe we're not hearing about it as much. Maybe the, you know, the, the overtones of the media and the negativity of the world are crowding out what we're hearing right now. But I'm here to tell you, there's people all over this country that are getting healed from coronavirus. There's people all over the world that are being supernaturally protected from everything that's going on. There are people right now, I believe even in our community and in our church, who are being supernaturally held together by the hand of God. There are people who should be down and out, but they're not down and out. They're actually thriving in this moment because God has become their source. I'm here to tell you, the people that heard Paul and Silas praise actually got to get in on the miracle with them. And I want that to be the case for us. 
I want that to be the case for our church, that when the world around us sees us lift our voice in praise, that they actually get to also partake in the miracles that God does in our homes. God wants to touch you right where you are. He wants to minister to you right where you are. If you'll praise him, he'll be able to. Praise God. The same people who heard them praise God were the ones who got to see the delivering hand of God. Will that be the same for our neighbors and for our friends and coworkers? I believe it will. Then number five, and this is probably the most important point of this entire story. Paul and Silas gained influence. And as they gained influence in this situation, people got saved. Look at the jailer's family. Isn't this amazing? Look down, uh, look down at verse 32 and 33. It says, then they spoke, they being Paul and Silas, then they spoke to the, the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his household. And he took them that same hour and washed their stripes and immediately he and his whole family were baptized. Can you imagine? You see, when God does a miracle in the life of a person, it never is supposed to stop with that person. His goodness starts in your life, but it's not supposed to end in your life. God rescued Paul and Silas out of that jail because they were willing to praise him in their darkest hour. And, and because of that, the Lord was able to do a miraculous thing in the family of the jailer, that his whole household got saved. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing to me. His whole household got to know the Lord. Paul gained influence in their lives through this situation, and as a result, they all got saved. I believe with all my heart that as we continue to move through this challenging time, this pandemic, this global catastrophe, whatever it is, whatever label you want to put on it, as we transition, as we move through this time, I believe we as a church are going to do a few things. We are going to rise up and take our place. We are not going to be fear-filled, but we are going to be filled with faith and joy. The Bible says that the wicked may flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as lions. I believe you and I are going to be bold as lions. And I believe as we rise up and take our place, we're going we're gonna to glorify God through this entire situation. We're going to give him the praise that he so deserves. Just like Paul and Silas, even when we're in our midnight hour, we are going to give God praise. And we're going to see him do some amazing things in our lives. And as that happens, guys, our families are going to take notice. Our, our siblings, our brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, our co-workers, the neighbors that live across the street and next door to us, they're not going to see us panicking. They're going to see us enjoying the goodness of God in the middle of all this. And they're going to want to know, why are you so filled with hope? Why are you so filled with joy in a moment when the rest of us are panicking? I believe the door for the gospel of Jesus Christ is opening wider than it ever has been in our lifetimes, guys. I believe the entrance of God's word and the truth of the gospel is opened as wide as we have ever seen it in our country in our lifetime. We must seize the opportunity to win people for Jesus. Let the world hear you give God praise and let the world begin to 
take part in the miracle that God does in your home. And as that happens, you're going to get opportunity to give Jesus praise and to speak life into those around you. You're going to get an opportunity to lead your, your friends and your family to Jesus. I promise you this season that we are in is the most glorious season our church has yet seen. Not just our church, but church all over the world. We are living in the greatest days that we ever could be living in. I know it's fearful. I know, it, I know you feel it. But I'm here to tell you that fear doesn't have to dominate you. We've been hearing everybody say this, and as I close, I want to share this with you. We've been hearing people say this phrase, we're going to get through this. You know, we've heard it from the president, we've heard it from leaders, we've heard it from our kids, we've heard it from everybody. Hey, we're going to get through this. The Lord adjusted that for me about 2.30 this morning. I was up praying for you guys. I was up praying for our church. And, and as I was praying, the Lord put it to me this way. We're not going to get through this. We're getting through it right now. We're getting through this. And as we do, there's a world around us who will see us thrive as a church. I believe it's important that they see us thriving, and it will ultimately lead them to Jesus. Now, I want to close <clears throat> our message today, and I hope this has been a blessing to you. It's really been a lot of fun for me. Uh, I want to I encourage you in two things. In, in just a moment, I'm going to lead you in prayer. And be, but before we do that, I want to excuse me, encourage you in your continued tithing and giving. This is so important for us as a church, and I want to tell you why it's important. This past week, because of your generosity, we were able to give and send funds to a church called the River Church, my friend, Pastor Matteo Brozzi, in Modena, Italy. Now, if you don't know where Modena is, it's in the region of Emilia-Romagna, which is actually up in the north part of Italy. It's in one of the areas that has been severely hit by this crisis. And because of the beauty of technology, we were able to sow a great seed into the River Church, into Pastor Matteo's church. And here's the cool thing. Because of the efforts of our church partnering with their church, in the city of Modena, these funds that we were able to sow are going directly to the people who are struggling economically and struggling physically. Pastor Mateo was so grateful that we were able to sow into his church. And I want you to know, look at me. Look at me right in my eye. That's what I tell my kids. Look me in the eye. I want you to know that this week you helped feed people in Italy. You helped people who were economically affected by this crisis in the nation of Italy. It's amazing that we got the opportunity to do that. Uh, we were, I was talking on Friday morning with my pastor, Pastor Jonathan. Some of you got to witness our conversation on Facebook Live, and he made this statement, and I, I love this so much. He said, we are continuing with open-handed generosity. Now, the giving form is below. You, you know how to give. I'm not going to belabor you with that. But I want to encourage you to continue in that because your gifts are helping us make a difference. We're not lining our pockets. We're, we're helping to send the gospel all over the world and be a blessing to people. Now listen, pull your family close because I want to I pray over you and, uh, and bless you as we get ready to finish this broadcast this morning. And if there's somebody who is 
watching this morning, maybe you're not a member of our church, or maybe, maybe somebody forwarded you this link and asked you to watch it, and so you're doing that. There may be somebody who's watching today that has never received Jesus as their Lord, and I want to give you an opportunity right now to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I know what it's like to be afraid. I know what it's like to face fear and to face the worry of not knowing what the future holds. And I want to tell you that with Jesus in your life, when you make Jesus the pilot of your life, when you make him the Lord of your life and you surrender control to him, what you are doing is you are automatically embracing a hope for tomorrow. You're saying, Jesus, you are my Lord. I will give you my life and you are finding in him hope for tomorrow. So I want us to just take a moment and let's bow our heads and close in prayer. If this you who, and you've never received Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus. I thank you that he went to the cross to die a horrible death for me. And I thank you, Lord, that he rose again three days later in total victory over sin, over fear, over death, over sickness, over disease, and over poverty. Father, I thank you today that I can make Jesus the Lord of my life. Jesus, I thank you that you lived for me. I thank you that you died for me. And I thank you that you rose for me. I give you my life surrendering to you now in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I speak a blessing over those who are watching, those who are sitting with their families right now. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you that they are protected, filled with peace, filled with joy, and filled with your life, that they do not have to face this situation alone. Lord, we trust you and we look to you as our source for everything. We thank you for being a good God and a good Father to us. We give you the praise and we commit this week to you, Lord. Let your glory be seen in our homes. Let the high praises of God fill our mouths this week as we praise you and give you thanksgiving. You are worthy of all the glory, Lord, and we honor you today. In Jesus' mighty name, say out loud, amen and amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer asking Jesus into your life for the first time, would you let us know? Would you scroll down to that prayer request form and just let us know in the, in the boxes there if you type out a message that just says, hey, I received Jesus for the first time. We want to celebrate with you. We've got some resources we want to send to you. We want you to know that you just made the best decision that you could have ever made in the, in the whole wide world. And listen, keep checking in to Virtual Church Online. we got a, a, a brand new service coming to you each and every Sunday. And, uh, and keep checking in for special announcements announcements. Watch our social media feeds, and it's going to be a good week, guys. The world is getting dark, but the bright, bright light of the gospel is shining ever brighter, and we're just so filled with joy. So listen, this is Pastor Josh signing off. I want to remind you, as I always do, that Jesus loves you, and we love you, and your life counts. Have a blessed Sunday. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. 
Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.